When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host, and my guest this hour is Marvin Doniger, who's written a new book called The Key to Achieving Financial Success, A Common Sense Roadmap to Uncommon Wealth. Welcome to the show, Marvin. Thank you for having me, Jordan. Um, let's just start with a little bit of your background before we get into what you're talking about in your book and, and get a sense of your expertise in writing this book. Well, certainly. Uh, number one, I, I've been an investor since my early teens. But more importantly, for the majority of my career, I've been a management consultant to some of the largest co- companies in the world, many of which are Fortune 500 companies. And through this consulting, I was able to you know, understand what makes them cons- successful and the challenges that they provide. And recently I, I had a, an illness, and I had time to reflect on my life and things that I'd learned. And I come to the realization that a lot of the tools that companies use to assure their success in the marketplace are also applicable to us as individuals and that we need to take responsibility for who we are. And I wanted to instill this, number one, in, in my children and my grandchildren, but as I started thinking about it, I also thought that there was a more widespread uh, audience for this book, especially given today's financial situation. We all must be concerned about our financial future. Do you think it's something that people are shirking, that they're not really taking personal responsibility as they should? And, and if so, why is that happening? Well, I, I think the, the, there's several answers to that, but l- let, me, l- let me start by saying why I think we're in the situation we are. We've grown up, at least, you know, the current generation has grown up in an environment of instant gratification. They have microwave coffee, you turn on a TV, it's on there in a second. You have the Internet, and everything comes fast. And things that affected, you know, the greatest generation, basically, people that lived through World War II was, was the, the Depression. It influenced their, fam- their parents and influenced them. And as we've come forward in time, Succeeding generations don't have that, if you will, touch with, with hard times. We've all come to expect things to go well and in, in, in a euphoric environment where everybody thought that real estate prices could only go up and that, you know, I'll borrow today because tomorrow will be more. We've just become complacent, and we've just basically assumed that everything will be okay. And, you know, the current situation right now says that, hey, you know, we really must worry about our futures, and you can't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow, you have to worry about it today. So do you think that the current hard times that people are going through, is you're saying there's a certain positive coming out of that? Well, there should be, because those who are, if you will, starting their careers or early in their careers can look at this and say, hey, you know, I need to take responsibility. I need to assure that I will have the money that I need. And you really need money for two reasons. Number one, because of the uncertain job market, you need to have some protection, some readily available funds in case of an emergency. And then longer term, you, you, we need to plan for our retirement because, you know, if you look at Social Security and everything else, there's some real questions in terms of what people will actually achieve uh, in terms of payouts when they come to, go to retire. So you're saying in many cases the people are relying on the government for Social Security and maybe corporate pension plans and things that probably aren't going to be there for them, and so they have to be more self-reliant in this kind of environment than, than maybe their parents who did have pension plans and a more generous Social Security. Well, yeah, and, and furthermore, their parents or their parents' parents lived through the, the Depression, and they understood the need to save. Uh, if You know, I live here in California, and... It's unbelievable how people are living well beyond their means. People are living from paycheck to paycheck, and that's just not a way to live. You've got to take control of your financial security, and you need to start at an early age. You can't worry about retirement when you're in your 60s. You need to start worrying about it when you're in your late 20s and 30s. Uh, just tell us a little bit about how people can find out more about the book. Do you have a website, a phone number? Tell people a little bit about how they can contact you about the book. Well, if people want to contact me directly about the book, they can contact me by email at marv 
M-A-R-V, at DonegerAssociates.com. That's Doniger, D-O-N-I-G-E-R, Associates.com. Or they can call me at 949-661-5456. Or if they want information on the book, they can go to iUniverse.com. Or they could also go to um, BarnesandNobles.com or Amazon.com, which all sites have information on the book. All right. Well, you begin with what you call the journey called life and you go through life's progression, what is the purpose of kind of looking at the, the progression of life that you begin the book with? Well, I want to draw some parallels, basically, between how we proceed in our, in our careers, whatever that may be, and drawing a parallel with how we develop our financial plan. In school, people basically have opportunities for career counseling, but they don't get financial counseling. Typically, financial counseling occurs... When you, when you need money, not when it can do you the most good. So I, I set out and, lo- and look at, you know, how we develop from childhood. In childhood, basically, there's a transition. When we're born, we're dependent, if you will, on our mothers for sustenance, and our, and our family basically provides for us. And then as we get older, things change. We, we become more self-sufficient. Well, we become self-sufficient in terms of being able to live. We need to get su- become self-sufficient in terms of our finances. And that's why I, I took this parallel path of how we develop as individuals and how we should develop in terms of providing for our financial security. So what are some of the career strategies that should, people should be taking at different uh, phases of their life? Well, number one, and, you know, if you look at our society today, you know, there's a lot of emphasis on, on athletes and the amounts of money that they get and whether, you know, it's worth it or not is another subject, but obviously, you know, society has decided that they are. And a lot of kids, when they're in high school, basically, you know, are enthralled, if you will, by athletes, and some of them think they're going to be athletes. But, the, you know, the odds of being another, you know, Alex Rodriguez or Derek Jeter or whatever are pretty low. So you need to really worry about your career at, earlier. And, and what I try to say in the book is that you need to, maintain your relevance in the job market. And that means you need to have a set of skills that employers need. And as you get older, you can't rely on those skills. You must continue investing in yourself and reinvesting in your careers because technology is changing and you can't fight change. You need to adapt to it and take advantage of it. And then you talk about the retirement phase as well. Uh, How is retirement different now in 2009 than it would have been in earlier years? Well, I, I think, you know, for, for those who are, are retiring right now, you know, the, the die is cast. The real issue is what about people who are going to be retiring 20 or 30 years from now? And if you look at it, you know, our previous generations relied on, on pensions, and pensions basically are, are dwindling. Companies are, aren't, aren't offering it as anymore, and those that have it, there's some question about their being able to, in effect, pay, pay um, their um, uh, retirees. So in, in the book, what I try to do is I, I set out some goals, and you don't worry about where you are for retirement when you get uh, approaching retirement age. If you look at a survey that was done in, in 2005, which you know isn't that long ago, and it basically said that of those people that were within 10 years of retirement, 40, almost 40% of them had less than $25,000. And if you look at that and say, you know, $25,000 within 10 years of retirement, it is exceedingly difficult or practically impossible for those people to have adequate funds to fund their retirement. So that they're faced with, if you will, some unpalatable options. Number one, significantly lower their standard of living. Or number two, continue working through retirement, and it, it's it's difficult to imagine that somebody would be able to work as long as they would like to, given the current environment. Uh, in terms of you know unemployment is rising, there's more competition for jobs, and companies want people who that will be around a long time. And as we get older, our ability and capacity to work reduces. So therefore, you know we must all take responsibility and ensure that we have a sufficient safety net. And throughout the book, what I'm trying to do is provide benchmarks 
so that a 35-year-old or 40-year-old would know how much they should, where they should be towards their retirement goal. It's easier, if you will, to change course the longer that you have. And what we all have basically in providing for our retirement is time and the amount of money that we're willing to invest. And we need to maximize, if you will, the amount of time available to achieve our goals and to maximize, consistent with you know, maintaining a given lifestyle, the amount of money that we're going to save. Okay, very good. Uh, we're going to go for a break. Uh, this is uh, Jordan Goodman with the Money Answer Show, and my guest this hour is Marvin Doniger, uh, who's written a new book called The Key to Achieving Financial Success, A Common Sense Guide, A Common Sense Roadmap to Uncommon Wealth. Uh, we'll be talking more about retirement and affecting your career and investments and all kinds of things. So we'll be back after this. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. Jordan Goodman has created the Money Answers Network to put at his listeners' fingertips the very best personal finance products and services that he has found in his 30 years of research. If you have a money question, Jordan Goodman has a money answer. To find out more, go to www.moneyanswers.com. The Money Answers Network features top products and services in virtually every area of personal finance, car buying and leasing, college financing, credit debt, financial planning, investing, insurance, legal services, mortgages, retirement planning, wills, and more. Only businesses that have demonstrated excellence in both their products and services are invited to become members of the Money Answers Network. The public can sign up for membership in the Money Answers Network at no charge in order to be apprised of the latest useful resources. To learn more, visit www.moneyanswers.com. Get ahead with Money Answers. Have you found yourself overwhelmed or stalled, not getting the goals you dream of? Hear what the experts say about how you can break through solutions, systems, skills. Get your strategy on track and accelerate your business success. Join Linda Feinholz every Monday for The Spark Effect. Linda and her guests will show you and your team exactly how to grow your business further, faster, easier. The Spark Effect is heard every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Network. There are so many challenges facing management today around the world. The New Management Network is here to provide practical insight and solutions for many of these challenges. Hosts Don and Bonnie Folk will explore topics designed to help you get the competitive upper hand, including organizational tools, personality and leadership, cutting-edge management tips, and much more. Join the New Management Network live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Network. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Marvin Doniger, uh, who's written a new book called A Common Sense Guide Roadmap to Uncommon Wealth. Uh, the key to achieving financial success. Welcome back to the show, Marvin. Thank you, Jordan. You talk in the in the chapter called "The Journey Called Life" about how to make your money grow uh, towards retirement, uh, where you're earning five uh, percent, you've got seven and a half percent, you've got ten percent, uh, you know how much you'd earn various rates of return with with treasuries at zero and uh, you know CDs at one and two percent. What kind of recommendations do you have for things that can earn those kinds of rates of return over a longer period of time? Well. The, the, num- the returns that are in the book are over a long period of time, and basically what I did was in, t- in trying to figure out what kinds of returns one should expect over 
say, 30 or 40 years. I went back to basically 1928 and looked at the interest rates between 1928 and basically 2005. And therefore, over that time period, you would have averaged 5%. However, clearly today, you, you can't get 5% with, if you will, you know, reasonable safety. So, you know, as you said, treasuries are essentially playing zero, and CDs, you can basically get 3% for, for one year, and that, and as you try to get higher returns, you, you're incurring risk, which I would not recommend. Um, the, the lesson here is the, the notion of, re, of, of return to the mean, reversion to the mean. And what that basically says is that over time, if you're averaging, say, 5%, and sometimes you're going to be below that, sometimes you're going to be above that. So what, what one should do when interest rates are low is to basically go short-term on, on their income investments, i.e. CDs and basically not commit yourself to long periods of time because inevitably interest rates will rise. And right now, you know, we're, f- we're fighting an economic slowdown. You, you can call it a recession. You can call it a depression. You, only time will tell. But eventually things will turn around and inflation will rear its ugly head again and interest rates will go up. So, you know, what you need to do is basically position yourself to take advantage of that opportunity when it comes. And again, the numbers in the book are, are guides over, over, if you will, a savings lifetime, and 5% historically is what's right. You know, unfortunately, most people, or many people, have looked at the last five or ten years or seven years and, and perceived that's the way things should be or will be. And the answer is that's not true. Life, you know, is not a straight line. We, you know, have our successes and we have our setbacks, and so it is with the economy. I hear from people all the time lately who say it's not worth it to save because I'm not earning anything on it, basically, and, and they think that rates are going to stay this low for a long time. Do you think rates are going to stay like this for a very long time and, and uh, well, not you know, really give it, an incentive to save? It, it depends. There's a couple of answers. Number one, it depends on what your time frame is. A long period of time, you know, three, five years from now, interest rates will not be this low. If they are, that would mean that, the current economic situation has gotten dramatically worse. And irrespective of that, you know, part of the reason why, as a society, we are where we are is because of this notion of, you know, spend it. You need to save for a rainy day. And, save it, you know, having $100 in the bank can, can be very uh, comforting when one needs the money. The notion of, you know, I can't earn anything, or therefore I should spend it, you know, isn't isn't right. We need to save for a rainy day. Well, the rainy day may have arrived in many cases. Yeah, well, that's right, and let's just hope it's not uh, 40 days and 40 nights. <laughs> Your next chapter is what you call the inevitability of change. Right. You know, without going through all the details, how should people deal with, with change? You go through all the different changes we've had in technology over the last few decades. What should be the right attitude uh, well, change. Change, change is an opportunity, and our, our lives today are so much better because of change. If you think back, let's say, 100 years ago, a, hard, a large pr- proportion of the population was involved in growing food, and it's several pe- you know, a lot of people grew their own food. Today, we go to the supermarket, and basically any time of the year, we can get anything we want. So that's part of progress. If you look at transportation, a uh, hundred years ago, it took days to go from the East Coast to the West Coast of the United States. Now, with jet planes, you can do it in five hours. Uh, communications, if you look at you know, communications right now, essentially communications are free. If you look at, you know, say, 20 years ago, it would cost you 2 $3 a minute to, to call Europe. Now you can call Europe you know, for pennies. If you look at cell phones. We right now, you know, large percentage of the population have cell phones, and what has that done? It's allowed people to talk, but it's had some impacts. It's had some negative impacts on pay phones and things like that. And the the whole nature of man's evolution is change, where we progress, and we need to take advantage of it. Um, we can't 
look back on the thrilling day of yesteryear, you know, we look, need to look at tomorrow and embrace it. And we need to position ourselves both financially and professionally to take advantage of it. Uh, if you look at electronics right now, computers are, are everywhere. M- many families have one or more personal computers in their homes, which today, you know, you can get a decent personal, si- personal computer for less than $1,000. And if you look at the processing power of that personal computer, that equates to the largest IBM mainframe, say, 30 years ago, that cost millions of dollars, sat in large spaces that required water cooling and, and multitude of programs to support. So, you know, life goes on, and as technology progresses, the rate of change becomes even faster. Today's products become obsolete within months, not years or decades, as was the case 20 or 30 years ago. So, how, how are you supposed to adapt to this as an employee um, if your company is you know, producing something that's been around a long time? And, you know, you, you, I agree with you about all this change and so on, but human nature, on the other hand, seems to be very resistant to change. And, and that's they don't right, like because change we, we get out of our comfort zone. We right. feel very comfortable in what we're doing. And that may be well and good, but the world is changing. And, and what that means is that we need to understand what's, where things are going in our industries and understand the skills that will be needed to be meaningful in that environment. And that means that we must, we must update our skills. People, you know, when they finish school, you know, many think that's the end of their learning process. It, it, it's not. It's just a, a hiatus on the way to further learning. As in, our, in businesses, in our jobs, we should be um, proactive and seek out challenges and take on additional responsibilities and, and push ourselves. Even if you know, our companies are not pushing us, we should push ourselves to excel and do you know, more than is expected of us and to expand our, our capabilities. What would be some specific areas, maybe just two, uh, that you think uh, are technologies that are growing that provide a lot of opportunities for exactly what you were talking about? Well, Let's let's talk about one is, is nanotechnology, and that is basically you know dealing with very ad, you know small particles, atom size at, at the atom level. Certainly, you know somebody who who's in college right now, you know who wanted to take part in that industry you know, should, should study you know the, the appropriate fields of physics and, and and take a chance. When you're young, that's the time to take a chance, if you will, in those industries. Uh, other industries, you know. If you look at you know the automobile industry, you know there's another one where, because of, I, I guess, past prosperity, the automobile companies you know became arrogant, and the employees did too, in the sense that they had a sense of entitlement, and you know they're getting paid for for essentially not working, and those people are, are example of people who basically have been fighting the trend, and you know, it's a problem. I think, you know, the field of electronics is one that, that continues to grow in terms of um, microprocessors and, and computing. Uh, I, I think somebody, you know, who wants to, you know, pick a career that ha- has a lot of promise, that's it. And in, in careers, you, you need to differentiate, if you will, between your skill set and your industry experience. Because you have a set of experiences in one industry, you shouldn't confine yourself to that specific industry, especially in today's environment. If, for example, you're a purchasing agent for an automobile company, you don't define yourself as a purchasing agent for an automobile company. You provide yourself as a purchasing agent with wider applicability so that you can take advantage of other opportunities. Especially, you know, if you look at alternative energy, you know, there's a lot of push right now for alternative energy, and there's going to be jobs in that field. And those are opportunities for people who can make the transition and be adaptable. You talk in this chapter about uh, the three forms of uh, economic systems, capitalism, socialism, and communism. Right. Um, after the Berlin Wall fell and everything, everybody said, well, capitalism has won and it's over for socialism and communism, yet... What's been happening lately uh, with the nationalization of the banks, not only domestically but around the world, and in general the government becoming more and more 
you know, important and controlling in the economy, people are thinking that capitalism has failed. Is, is that a uh, correct perception based on what's happening now? Well, cap- capitalism, you know, can, can go to excesses. And certainly, you know, there, there's, there's been plenty of excesses on Wall Street. But also part of the blame which, you know, our, our friends in Washington uh, are, are a little uh, reticent to communicate is some changes in social policy. Whereby you know the, this whole whole notion of unintended consequences, there was a you know desire to promote home ownership, and th- therefore you know lending standards were, were lowered, and Fannie Mae and Freddie Mae, which were two quasi government agencies, you know to a large extent, you know bear a lot of responsibility in this area. So you know while when capitalism you know if if you will produces some unintended consequences cases you know the financial crisis is always this notion of trying to protect people which is not bad but government ha- has shown a, a great inability to do anything inefficiently as inefficiently as the free market may be governments are, are worse very good okay we're gonna go for a break uh this is jordan goodman of the money answer show my guest this hour is marvin doniger whose book is called the common sense roadmap to uncommon wealth And we'll be back after this. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Jordan Goodman has created the Money Answers Network to put at his listeners' fingertips the very best personal finance products and services that he has found in his 30 years of research. If you have a money question, Jordan Goodman has a money answer. To find out more, go to www.moneyanswers.com. The Money Answers Network features top products and services in virtually every area of personal finance, car buying and leasing, college financing, credit debt, financial planning, investing, insurance, legal services, mortgages, retirement planning, wills, and more. Only businesses that have demonstrated excellence in both their products and services are invited to become members of the Money Answers Network. The public can sign up for membership in the Money Answers Network at no charge in order to be apprised of the latest useful resources. To learn more, visit www.moneyanswers.com. Get ahead with Money Answers. Are you ready to grow your business? Listen for the Independent Business Owner Show with your coach, Rick Carrado. This entertaining talk radio program will bring you the tools to help increase your business. You'll learn sales success, time management, lead generation, business development, life balance, and much more. Rick Carrado is here to help you take your business to the next level. Listen for the Independent Business Owner Show, heard live every Monday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Network. No excuses, no delays. If you have goals you want to achieve or changes you need to make, then it's time to take charge of your life with America's change buddy, Nancy Christie. This show will help you lead a more productive and fulfilling life starting now. Take Charge of Your Life challenges you to expand your sense of possibilities. Take Charge of Your Life with Nancy Christie is broadcast live every Tuesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on Voice America. Let change be a positive force in your life. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host, and my guest this hour is Marvin Doniger, whose new book is called A Common Sense Roadmap to Uncommon Wealth. Welcome back to the show, Marvin. Thank you, thank you Jordan. You've got a series of what you call key takeaways, and let's go through some of those briefly. Sure. The first one is that success does not just happen. What do you mean by that? Well, basically, uh, unless you're extremely lucky, you know, you, you've got to do something in order to be successful. And that means, you know, when you're in school, studying hard, when you're working, uh, Try to excel at your uh, profession, 
if you have financial goals, you need, you need to take responsibility for it. You need to plan. You need to save. You need to basically worry about tomorrow and not, not live you know, just today and not worry about tomorrow. You need to live today and position yourself for tomorrow. And that requires sacrifice. And then you talk about the broader your foundation, the more opportunities there are for you to pursue. you find a lot of people have too narrow foundations? I, 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 yeah, they, they do, and I, it's for a couple of reasons. Number one, um, they don't know where they want to go. And rather than make, make, uh, you know, take the time to figure it out, they just meander around. Others set their goals on impossible or improbable uh, achievements. You know, for example, a star high school uh, football player making it to the NFL. You know, that's a case of of setting too narrow a goal. Whereas if one says, hey, I want want a broad and a deep skill set so that the the purpose for the broadness of the skill set is so that you can adapt to change. Uh, You can go from one industry to another transfer from one function within a company to another because you need that broad base in order to rise professionally. So you say that change is kind of an inescapable fact of life. Uh, you feel a lot of people don't, don't believe that? They kind of don't really prepare for change? Well, they resist it. Uh, they, they lament their situation, and rather than trying to fix the, fix the situation, they basically just keep complaining about it. So it's unfortunate, but but that's human nature. Again, it's within our comfort zone, and uh, you need to adapt to change because change is is going to happen, and either you're going to be able to ride that wave of change or be ridden over by that wave of change. A lot of people lately seem to be ridden over by it, right, with what's happening with the playoffs and so on. Well, Well, that's right, and... Some of those people, for some of those people, there will be an opportunity to go off and start new things. I, I think a lot of people are, are reticent to take chance because they have a security blanket. I, I have this job and I'm making you know, so much and I'm able to live this way. And it is dangerous and scary to go out on your own. But if you know you're forced to go out on your own because you're unfortunate to have lost a job, it's an opportunity. That, you know, you can do something. It's you know, when, when, you know, things things may be dark, and it's either you know that light at the end of the tunnel is either the start of a new day, or it's a freight train, and it's our choice, you know, to basically make that a new day rather than a, a freight train. Then you say, don't entrust your success to others. What do you mean by that? Well, it's you know, it, it professionally, and I you know, for the book, or at least the beginning of the book, I try to draw the parallels between professional growth and financial security. And that, in basically entrusting your success to others, don't assume that your boss or your mentor will always be there to you know, help you succeed. Uh, you know, especially in today's environment, the jobs are being cut back, functions are being uh, redefined, and you can't rely on somebody else to protect you. Certainly when we're young, we look at our parents to protect us. But as we get older, you know, we have to protect ourselves and assure that we can proceed. And similarly, you know, financially, uh, it, it, a lot of people are be intimidated by, by investing, especially in today's environment. And they therefore, you know, will say, hey, I, I have this money. I'm going to, you know, trust it to this financial advisor. In fact... A good friend of my wife's is a perfect example of this. You know, she, she's she's a widow, she's a widow, and her husband left her, if you will, in a sizable amount of money, and she basically has given her money to a financial advisor, and basically, you know, she has watched her returns dwindle, and she has no idea, you know, what her uh, investments are in, and you know, as a result, she's captive to this per- to this. Individual, and if you look at you know the Madoff situation right now, here is a case where large, successful uh, enterprises, be they universities, charities, or individuals, entrusted their money to somebody, 
who was promising them something, but no, nobody understood exactly what he was doing, and now all of a sudden it's a $50 billion, that's billion with a B, dollar scandal, and people have lost a lot of money because they trusted, entrusted their success, their financial success to somebody else, and in a lot of cases it gave him everything. Well, you get great returns with no risk. Sounds good to me. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But uh, unfortunately, in in the book, I you know draw you know look at risk. You know, basically, there are low risk, low reward investments. There are low risk, high reward envir- investments, which 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 are, are ideal. You want low risk, high high reward potential. The ones that you don't want are high risk. You know, low low risk. I'm sorry. High risk, low return. You know, those what are the ones you don't want. And what you would be some examples of high return, low risk investments? That's that's right. That's what you want. But what, what are some examples of those? Well, I, I think over time, I, I think an excellent example would be the S and P 500 because if you look since 1928 through 2005, you average like you know, 11, 12 percent annual return. That, that's an example. An example of, if you will, you know, high risk, high return is investing in, say, oil wells or, or you know, movie productions or uh, IPOs, you know, initial public offerings of uh, companies. Venture capital is another example of, you know, high risk, high return. You know, where if it's another Google, it's a very high return. If it's a uh, Eagle computer, which most people you know have never heard of, it's 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 a it's a zero return, and that that's something that the average person shouldn't even consider, let alone you know, investing. Then you say the later you get started, the harder it is to succeed, and, and is that because people are floundering around, as you, you said, and really can't find their direction until too late? Well, it, it, that, that's part of it, but the other part is as you progress in age and you start working for, for an organization, you basically migrate from somebody who is learning to somebody who is teaching. And as you, as you, as you get older, either your, your skills are relevant and you're still of value to the company or, or you're being outsourced. And as you get older and you get more seniority, you basically would be drawing a higher salary and you need to prove to the company that the return that you provide to them on your salary is justified. And if you don't, it's difficult, and when you get older, it's hard to find a job or change a career. You know, the notion of a machinist all of a sudden becoming a computer programmer is a very difficult transition, especially if that person is in his 50s. You also say hubris can be fatal. What do you mean by that? Well, a lot of us basically think that you know we're infallible. You know, for example, um, in uh, Southern California, in, in San Diego, you know, in the dot com boom, you know, everybody was investing in, in, in companies like Qualcomm, and they made a lot of money in that. Those that invested, and they believed, if you will, that they were successful investors, and therefore invested in other you know high risk high-reward kinds of situations, and basically, because they were successful before, they thought they would be you know, successful in the future, and they took risks that, that they shouldn't have. And certainly, if you look at the real estate situation in this country, where people basically thought that their homes were an ever-increasing uh, source of funds, you know, have come to a, a real realization that uh, that's not the case, and you, you can't take on more burden financially than you can support because people basically became cocky, and that's dangerous. On the other hand, you say success brings its own set of issues to be confronted. What are some of the issues well, you are successful? What it, it's, part of it is, is what people expect of you. Um, people uh, who basically uh, were your peers now become envious of you as you become more successful. They expect things of you that, you know, before when you, you went out for dinner or whatever, you would split the bill, but, you know, now they expect you to pay for it. Uh, they expect you to potentially, um, 
provide them funds. And, you know, an example of that would be Ed McMahon. You know, here, here was a person who, you know, was very visible, made a lot of money, and was surrounded by a lot of people who expected things of him. You know, I remember you know, one time being in a restaurant in Boston, and in the next table was a, a, a former champion boxer. And there were like 20 people at that table, and you know who picked up the tab? It was him. And, you know, and any, wherever you are, that, that happens. And, you know, if you're fortunate enough to, say, win a lottery, I can guarantee you you will be inundated by a whole bunch of people who are trying to help you make more money and invest in things that you shouldn't be investing in. You know, if you're fortunate enough to come into a windfall, take it for what it is and, and you know, don't assume that, you know, uh, it will always be there. You need to protect yourself. Indeed. Okay, we're going to go to a break. This is Jordan Gooden again of the Money Answer Show, and my guest this hour is uh, Marvin Doniger, uh, whose new book is called A Common Sense Roadmap to Uncommon Wealth. Uh, we'll be getting into uh, retirement planning uh, in, in our last segment. We'll be back after this. the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Jordan Goodman has created the Money Answers Network to put at his listeners' fingertips the very best personal finance products and services that he has found in his 30 years of research. If you have a money question, Jordan Goodman has a money answer. To find out more, go to www.moneyanswers.com. The Money Answers Network features top products and services in virtually every area of personal finance, car buying, and leasing, college financing, credit debt, financial planning, investing, insurance, legal services, mortgages, retirement planning, wills, and more. Only businesses that have demonstrated excellence in both their products and services are invited to become members of the Money Answers Network. The public can sign up for membership in the Money Answers Network at no charge in order to be apprised of the latest useful resources. To learn more, visit www.moneyanswers.com. Get ahead with Money Answers. Think of the world 50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it'll be 50 years from now. Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. Looking for a good time? We've got a show that will give you a wild ride. This show will make you feel good. And it's not even bad for you. You need your time to let loose. It's time for a feel-good party. Pull up to the computer, mix yourself a drink, and turn up the speakers. Happy Hour is here. Every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, it's called the biggest radio show in the world. Hosted by international personality and pundit Michael DeMarco. You don't know what's coming next. The biggest radio show in the world on Voice America. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host, and my guest this hour is Marvin Doniger, whose new book is called A Common Sense Roadmap to Uncommon Wealth. Welcome to the show, Marvin. Thank you, Jordan. We're talking about retirement strategies here, and why don't you just briefly go through the different phases of what you need to be doing for saving for retirement, because a lot of people are really not saving at all as much as they need to be, and they're going to be living a lot longer, and they're going to be counting on Social Security or things that may not be there for them. So just kind of take us briefly through the different phases of what people should be doing to save for retirement. Well, first of all, in my book, I lay out three strategies. One is what I call the optimal strategy, and the objective of this strategy is to basically provide yourself with the ability to maintain your standard of living 
upon retirement. So that, say you retire at 65 and you're making, say, $75,000 a year, that you would have that capability to achieve income of $75,000 a year uh, based on your investments. So in order to do that, you basically need to have 25 times the amount of money in your retirement that you, that you need per year to, to, to live on. And that, that's 25 times. So in other words, if somebody who's making $100,000 a year would need $2.5 million at retirement in order to maintain that lifestyle. So the first strategy is what I call the optimal strategy. In that sense is you start saving 6% of your annual salary starting at age 21. And basically you, you have the first phase, which is basically to establish a safety net of three months' income. That's in case, you know, you lose your job or if you have financial uh, setbacks, health costs or whatever, and start saving for retirement. So basically you start off there, and at the end, by the time you're 27, you will basically have three months' savings, and you'll have 1%, if you will, of your retirement goal. In, this, in the next phase, what you want to do, and this is basically from ages 28 to 34, you want to increase your safety net to four months from three and continue saving for retirement. And at the end of uh, this phase, which is basically age 34, you will have achieved your safety net of four months, and you will also have approximately 4% of your retirement. In the next phase, you want to increase your safety net to five months and continue saving. And at the age of 41, you will have uh, over uh, five months' uh, salary saved in your safety net and about 11% of your retirement goal. And as you go through, basically, by the time you are 62 years old, if, if you maintain this uh, program, you, you will have a safety net of eight months living expenses plus 135% of your retirement goal. And at 65, you will have nine months of safety net and about 170% to 200% of your retirement goal. The point here is that the earlier you start saving, the, the, hot, the more chance time you have for this notion of compounding, which basically says is if I, put mo- if I have money invested and I'm earning money on my money, that's what's called compounding. So under this optimal strategy, uh, you're, you're saving 6%, and at retirement you have a safety net both in terms of the amount of uh, months uh, living expenses that you have plus your retirement. And during retirement, one, you know, faces a, a quandary. When you reach retirement, instead of saving for retirement, now you have to start living off what you had saved. So in order to protect against market downturns, I recommend having 10 years' worth of living expenses in safe assets. So safe assets are assets where the principal is uh, reasonably protected. So n- the most obvious example of that would be certificates of deposits that are invested in banks that are insured by the Federal Deposit Insurance Company. There, you know, the, there is no risk, assuming you don't exceed the, the coverage limits of losing your principal. The other strategy is the possible strategy, and this one here says uh, because you're starting later in life, you're starting at 35 rather than 21, in order to achieve your retirement goals, you're going to have to save more, and that's basically you're going to have to save 10% of your uh, annual salary, and you're going to have a sacrifice of your safety net. Instead of having the nine months worth of safety net at the end, you're going to have less. Under this pot, you know, possible strategy or probable strategy, you will achieve your, your financial goal of having the 25 times your uh, annual income at retirement. The last strategy, and it's, it's probably better called tr- tragedy, you know, in the book I call it the improbable strategy, but it's probably the probable tragedy, and that is somebody who basically starts worrying about retirement at 56, and as I said before, you know, 39% of the people their survey was that was done recently had $25,000 saved. You know, in this strategy, basically, you, you, you want to save, try to save 20% of your income, 
And obviously, if you can save more, that, that's great. But if you save 25, 20% of your, your income, at 65, you're only going to have like 15% of the amount of money that you need for retirement. And that is truly a retirement tragedy. So what is actually happening when lots of people are doing the improbable as opposed to the probable strategy, as, as damaging as that may be, how are these people surviving, and what would you recommend for people in that kind of circumstance if they haven't saved at all or started saving much too late in the game? Well, the, the thing that one shouldn't do is all of a sudden invest in high-risk, high-return um, opportunities. In fact, you know, because your time horizon is so short, you need to be in safe things rather than risky things. And the 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 message, or if you will, the, the uh, recommendations of a guidance to people in the situation is save as much as you can and reduce your, your, your living expenses as much as you can and um, figure out how you're going to get other sources of income You know, when you reach retirement age. You know, hopefully you'll be able to work. Uh, hopefully you know, your spouse can work. Uh, maybe you, you downsize your home or whatever, but you need to basically deal with two things, the amount of money that you're, you're saving and the amount of money that you're spending. You need to ratchet up the savings and ratchet down the uh, spending. We have about a minute left in the last chapter, which is about investing prudently. What are some simple ideas you can give us as we close here on investing prudently? Well, the number one thing is, is basically to diversify. Don't put all your investments in the same uh, investment opportunity. Number two is always have money available so that you should set aside a certain percentage of your investments in safe CDs or money market funds so they're available. And don't invest beyond your capabilities. If you want to invest in equities, you know, I would strongly recommend investing in an index fund, an S&P 500 index fund, which would give you exposure to 500 companies rather than trying to hone in on the one or two or three companies. And managed investments, if you look at managed uh, portfolios of mutual funds, generally over the long term, after you include expenses, don't outperform the averages. So therefore, you know, investing in an index fund is the prudent thing to do for the majority of people. And you actually have a list of stocks that you think are very good for the long term that have very strong competitive advantages. We can't go through them all now, but... You do have a list of, of companies. Yeah, it, it's there as examples of companies, not necessarily recommending these, but as comp- to, 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 if you will, stimulate thought on what is a good investment company look like. Yeah. Great. Well, we're just about to wrap up, so why don't you just give a, a final uh, summary of, of how people can benefit by uh, getting Common Sense Roadmap to Uncommonwealth. Well, the, the way one can benefit from this is basically to start early and save as much as you can and Basically, live within your, your means, and you know, plan as you know as as if you'll you know live forever, and you know live each day you know to the fullest. And that means you know balancing tomorrow's needs with today's needs. Very good. Okay, well, thanks so much. My guest has been Marvin Doniger, whose new book is called The Common Sense Roadmap to Uncommon Wealth. Enjoyed having you very much on the show, Marvin. I enjoyed being on your show, Jordan. Thanks so much, and we'll be back again next week. Bye bye. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and the Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week.